My name is Sherry Wilson, and I'm here to fill your ears with the best business content I can give you while you work out, commute, clean your house. Anything to help you work your biz like a boss. Welcome to this week's training on restrict choices to reduce stress and increase your happiness. Americans, where I'm filming this and where I live, we love our freedom to make choices, to be independent. We like our individualism. We don't like being told what to do. And these are great things that have, that have led to innovation, being a forward-moving country, uh, a real power in the world for positive influence. But I have a, a very important question to ask. Have any of you tried to buy a cake lately? The entire third of an aisle is devoted to cakes. Yellow, white, orange, brown, multicolored oil, butter base, and then you have the different types of chocolate. Do you want German chocolate? Do you want marble? Do you want just plain chocolate? And then, don't even get me started on the icings. Now, thank goodness I'm gluten-free, so I'm actually restricted to a very small number of cakes that I can purchase, and it makes it a whole a lot easier. You might be wondering why that's such an important question. I want to discuss today the beauty and the importance of restricting your choices so that you avoid choice fatigue and paralysis and more is not always better as the cakes demonstrate. So don't get me wrong. I'm all for innovation. I'm all for choices, but not when it comes to the point of offering so many choices that I get disgusted and I just walk away from even making a choice. So let me tell you some research based on another food item, jam. In the year 2000, Sheena uh, Iyengar, I believe is how you say the name, and Mark Lepper did this uh, study, this test, an upscale food market where they had 24 varieties of gourmet jams displayed for sample. Samplers received a coupon for a dollar off for any jam that they wanted to purchase. Every few hours, the they selected selected only six jams for display and offered the same coupon. Now, on average, people sampled two jams regardless of whether there are 24 or six displayed. But here is where it gets very, very interesting. 60% of the customers, they were drawn to the large assortment and 40% to the small ones. You might be like, well, yeah, we like choice. But 30% purchased from the small display and only 3% from the large. Now, this study is not conclusive, but it did raise the question that although more choices are appealing in theory, people actually find it more difficult to decide what to buy with too many, and so they buy nothing. Some have actually coined it choice paralysis. Now, other studies have revealed that the more choices we have also causes more instances of buyer's remorse and the nagging thought that maybe we made a mistake and something better is out there and we should have done more research. Basically, what they have discovered is each new option diminishes the feeling of satisfaction and well-being in us and also your customer. So on top of the increased time and effort to 
many options uh, cause. It also causes anxiety, excessively high expectations, and self-blame if the choices do not work out. If you are a C personality, this is especially true for you. So we like a lot of options, and so do C's, but we can tend to keep the data gate open so long that eventually we don't buy anything or it takes so much time it causes stress. So the fear of making the wrong decision can paralyze us. However, some things do require more time, but we have to be aware of prolonging that time and causing stress and anxiety. So on top of your customers feeling overwhelmed and possibly dissatisfied, you might actually see a decrease in sales and income if there are too many choices. So one of my favorite business owners, as far as not as a person, but as a businessman, is Steve Jobs. When Steve Jobs returned to Apple, one of the first things he did was slim down the product line, which had grown exponentially since he left. Then he focused his remaining resources, time and attention, and everyone else on the remaining products that, uh, to make them the best, the easiest to use as possible, the most beautiful, etc. And it worked. Also, as a side note, I don't know if you've noticed, but Jobs was known for his jeans and black turtlenecks. The reason why is he kept all other choices in his life as limited as possible so that he could focus on the most important. If you study all of the super successful, you will see that they leverage the power of limited choices by eliminating all the unnecessary, unnecessary ones, even down to what they wear every day. In my personal training business, I've actually encountered clients that they wanted to eat something different every night and have different snacks every day, etc. But what happened is it actually sabotaged their weight loss efforts because instead of eating all the new dishes and the different things they wanted to do, they would feel overwhelmed trying to learn the new dish or get all the ingredients or one that fits within their macros that they need. So they would then just go to the same old, same old food that actually caused them to gain weight in the first place. Been able to maintain my weight for years now because I eat the exact same stuff every single day and I don't have any problem. Occasionally I'll find a new recipe I like and fix it regularly or a new snack, but other than that, I limit my choices. Barry Schwartz in The Paradox of Choice states seeking the perfect choice is a recipe for misery. This includes both big and small choices, from everyday choices to relationship choices to financial choices, etc. So the more options you have, the more it costs you in time and effort, not to mention a lack of certainty as well as decision fatigue. In one of my short training videos on Instagram, I talked about the fact that willpower has a shelf life. As the day goes on and the more decisions you have to make, the poorer choices you will start to make. And if you have to make too many choices in the day, it actually impacts your mood. So we want to harness your willpower and limit your choices so that you have a stress-free life when it comes to those things. So the first thing is limit 
limit your choices. If you need to research a purchase, limit yourself to three websites or limit the amount of time you're going to research and then make that decision. Number two, make the most important decisions earlier in the day when your willpower is fresh. Number three, sleep on it. This is such a great strategy. First, it gives you time to ponder and space to decide. Plus, you wake up refreshed and sometimes clarity will just come in a flash when you wake up the next morning. Number four, if you have ideas or you need creative inspiration or direction, record all of your ideas. Write them all down, voicemail uh, or voice text, all of that. I do this a lot because when I start a design of a new course or a new website, the hardest and most intensive part is the initial design of colors, you know, how do I want the layout to be? So I will literally map out my layout and ideas, play around with colors, and then I start inserting pics, using the different colors, see what works, and then I rest from it and still ponder it as I go about my day. So because I do have some C, I know I'll never be 100% satisfied and I keep that in mind, but I eventually get what I like and it works. Number five, don't go to extremes. Be okay with middle ground. Psychologist Dan Ariely warns of unchangeability bias because it blocks decision making. It's okay to try something or experiment before making that big decision. For example, people want to start a business and they might think, well, if I do that, I'm going to have to leave my current job before I can do it. So then they have a fear of leaving their current job and then they never do and so they never make a decision. But instead, you can do all your preparatory work for your business while keeping your job, start to experiment with it, see if you get some clients, see if it's viable, or go to part-time if possible and part-time on your business. But avoid the all or nothing mentality. And then number six, and this can be hard for you uh, C's, don't try to figure out exactly how everything will go. Choices beget other choices. You cannot know what opportunities or obstacles are gonna come your way until you start making the choices. So what happens is you can actually imagine potential obstacles and know how to handle them before they come, but just know that you cannot predict everything. It's impossible. So what if the idea fails? You learn some great things in the process that you can take to the next idea. One of my mottos is keep it simple, keep it strategic. I created this motto because I tend to overcomplicate things and I crowd things with unnecessary clutter, leading to frustration and dissatisfaction. So now when I get frustrated and things start to become cluttered from my websites to my house, I stop, I say, keep it simple and strategic, and then I simplify everything, eliminating things until what I've produced is a product or a website or a home environment that is simple, useful, and strategic to my life and what I need to accomplish. I hope today's podcast gave you some actionable wisdom that you can do immediately for your business. I've got a lot more free training on my website at sherryannwilson.com. Sherry with an I and with an E. But before you go, please leave a kind review of this podcast. It's like giving me a hug in podcast world. Work Your Biz Like a Boss is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph?